0: Hello, and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. I'm Jocelyn Frank. In recent years, the performance of commodity prices has resembled something of a roller coaster ride, surging to record highs before dropping dramatically. Among those hardest hit by this volatility have been low-income countries, heavily dependent on commodities as both exporters and importers. In a bid to help such countries anticipate the impact of price fluctuations and to take proactive steps to protect their people from them, the International Monetary Fund developed a new tool called the Vulnerability Exercise for Low-Income Countries. The IMF's Hugh Bredenkamp helped create the new framework. To understand the tool, he first explained how low-income countries are impacted by sudden changes in commodity prices.
1: Part of the problem is that commodity prices tend to move around very wildly, as we've seen in the last uh, five years in particular. And it can be a problem both on the upside and on the downside. When you get surges in prices, for some countries that creates big windfalls, that leads to spending pressures, you know, governments attempted to ratchet up spending and give give out pay rises to everybody. And, and then when the prices drop again, it's very difficult for them to unwind that spending.
0: So the International Monetary Fund recently developed uh, a new way to assess vulnerability of low-income countries. Can you tell me more about this so-called vulnerability exercise for low-income countries?
1: Yeah, so this is a new set of um, analytical tools that we've put together to try to assess the, the linkages between different kinds of shocks, whether it's to commodity prices or to global growth, to trace through how those impact low-income countries. We've been doing this kind of exercise for some years for the more advanced economies, trying to assess the risk of a capital account crisis, so a big you know, outflow of capital that causes a, a financing crisis. For low-income countries, those risks are less prominent. The big th- big threat for a poor country is that your growth will suddenly drop sharply. These tools allow us to estimate, if you like, the probability of that very bad event happening.
0: Have you found some consistent threads? Tell me about some of the findings.
1: We looked at two major risks. One is that the global economy will go into another sharp downturn, the risk that we're most concerned about. But if you look a bit further ahead, you know, at some point, even if the growth in the global economy stumbles now, it will recover at some point. And at that point, we risk seeing another surge in commodity prices. So we looked at that. One thing that comes out clearly from this analysis is first of all, the size of the impact that a commodity price shock could have. It could double inflation rates in in the average low-income country next year. Because we're just coming out of one global crisis, where countries had to use up some of their ammunition to you know, protect them, defend themselves against that crisis, you know, spending mu- more when revenues were, were declining, running down some of their reserve. They now have less ammunition when another shock hits, and that, that is our concern.
0: So what can low-income countries do to build a buffer against potential commodity swings or another recession?
1: Well, it's very inefficient and costly to to subsidize, but you can if you target um, specific products that you know are consumed mostly by the poor. For example, in Senegal, they um, subsidize kerosene, which is used mostly by the poor for for cooking. In effect, most of the subsidy does indeed go to the the people who need it. So you, you target that indirectly like that. In the case of food price shocks, you can provide subsidies for agricultural inputs. And then you can also link basic social services. So for example, in Sierra Leone, they provide uh, school-based feeding programs. In, in Ghana and Kenya, they the households would get payments conditional on their kids attending school. So there are these kinds of ad hoc mechanisms that they're not perfect, but they, they keep down the costs and they help target support to the people who need it.
0: Looking at the information that you've gathered from the vulnerability exercise for low-income countries, How are you feeling about the future of low-income countries going forward?
1: These countries' future is tied quite closely to the future of the global economy. So our main concern in the fund at the moment is that the global economy not take a serious turn for the worse. And most of the action that's needed to bring that good scenario about has to be taken by the, the rich economies. And of course, we're hopeful that they will They will take the necessary steps. If they do, you know, there's no reason why the kinds of growth that we've actually seen for the last couple of years, but also that we saw for almost a decade in the run-up to the 2008 crisis, why we shouldn't get back to those strong growth paths. Given the progress that's been made, we're optimistic.
0: That was the International Monetary Fund's Hugh Bredenkamp. He will be presenting the IMF's new tool to help low-income countries anticipate the impact of commodity price volatility at this year's annual meetings taking place in Washington, D.C.